Yeah, so for those of you who have a lot of those blue pens at home, you better bring them back. (laughs) So uh, when we think about rich, right, we all have dreams about that. You probably, you know, probably at some point in your life, you've had that dream of being rich, whether it was like, man, you know, I I won the lottery, or whether it was like I sold that billion-dollar idea, or like my kids always say, like they're their plan for their career was to find a million-dollar bill on the ground, and that would be like, I'm set for life, you know? And so, like, if you've ever been there, you probably, you probably thought about some time in your life about what it would mean to get rich, to have riches around you, and you probably thought about what that would feel like, right? Man, it would be so good to just feel like I could just be free to do the things that I really want to do, and, and you probably felt like, man, I'd be so happy and so fulfilled, and I'd be able to, like, just my life would be so different. And you might be surprised to know that Jesus actually talked about riches a lot to his audience. A lot. He brought it up all the time, talked about money more, almost as much as heaven or hell. And so, like, he talked about what it meant to be rich. But one of the greatest messages that he gave is that it has a lot more to be rich it's about a lot more to do with other things than money. That money is not the primary thing, even though it's the primary thing we think about. It says it's not the primary way to be rich. And all of this money stuff, and we'll touch on that during this series, but all this whole series is really about is that other things beyond money, but how money is tied so tightly to your heart. That the strings of your possessions and the things, I mean, when we ask the question, who, who do you think of when you're, when you think of being rich, like the first names that come to your mind all have to do with money and possession because those things are tied to our hearts. And the series is about untying some of those and retying off the things that are really important, things that really matter. Now, whenever you, whenever you think about getting rich, there's probably something in your life that you've at some point wanted, right? Like a possession that you've wanted. I mean, you've thought about it, right? Like you've been so, you wanted it so badly you were like a middle school girl looking for an iPhone, right? Like, it would be the answer to all of life's problems. You were focused and intent on getting whatever that thing was. And you thought, man, if I just had that, I'd be, all my problems would be solved. You know, if I just had that thing. And you can fill in the blank on whatever that is. But here's what I think that you could probably observe out of that own observation about your own life and about other people's lives is that you were wired to want. That every one of you is wired to want. To want something. To, to be obsessed with something. And, and, and there's this innate desire within us to look for something that will satisfy us deeply. This innate longing in you to say, I want something that will finally satisfy the deepest part of who I am. And here's the thing. Whatever that you think that thing is, what happens when you want to get that thing? It starts to drive everything in your life, doesn't it? Your whole life becomes about getting that thing that you think will answer that question. And, and Jesus said, I, I know this. And, and Jesus said, there's a truth about this. And it's actually found in Luke chapter 12 where he says, For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. It's actually... One of the most, the most surprising and best advice ever before you go buy a used car, right? Because what Jesus is really saying is, be careful about bait and switch, right? Like, hey, here it is. This is what you really need. And then you get it, and you're like, that's not what you said I was buying, right? Like, it's that old thing, like when you get see the advertising on TV, and you, oh, you know, well, 
we'll send this thing to you for like $1.95, and then you go online on the As Seen on TV thing, and you find it, and you discover that, oh yeah, you're selling it to me for $1.95, but mysteriously, to ship this thing costs $352, right? You're like, wait a second, I don't think this is a good deal. And what Jesus is saying is, be careful. There are things in your life that you're going to want, you're going to think you want, and then you're going to get them, and you're going to be disappointed. Now, Governments have terms for this. I mean, it's so common that it happens that they write policies about it. You know what they call it? Buyer's regret, right? There's, there's, all, there's laws about buyer's regret and give us opportunity to take things back that we buy. Because here's the bottom line. Here's Jesus' warning about this. Your treasures determine what you treasure. Your treasures determine what you treasure most, what drives your life. And some riches can't be bought. That's Jesus' advice to us. Listen, some things in life can't be bought, and you need to know what they are. Which brings us to this question that we asked this morning. What really matters? When it comes to getting rich, what really matters? What is so important? What, What does Jesus want us to know when he looks out over our life and he knows how we're designed, and he says, you need to understand and know this? How do I find out what really matters? And I believe that there's two important questions. They actually come out of a situation that Jesus was in in Luke 12. And the whole, all of Luke 12, when Luke writes it, is all about answering this question. And Luke was a guy who was, he was a, he was a researcher. He loved to write. He loved to be well-researched. And when he puts together this chapter, when he looks at Jesus' ministry, he sees Jesus through the eyes of answering these questions about the tension between living in this world and being a part of an eternal kingdom. And he, he writes about this all the time. And Luke chapter 12 is dedicated to it. And Luke was somebody that wanted to really know what Jesus' story was. So he researched it well and he wrote it down. And there's two important questions that come out of the stories this morning that we're going to look at. Okay, so if you get out your outline, you can follow along as we talk about getting rich with what matters by asking two questions this morning. And I think if you answer these two questions well, you will be well on your way to knowing what rich really looks like in your life. Getting rich with what really matters starts by asking the question, what do I possess that actually possesses me? What do I possess? What part of my possessions do I possess that actually possesses me? It's kind of a strange question. I get that, but it's fundamental to asking this question. It's fundamental to understanding where are we directing our efforts? Where are my treasures actually? And what's actually driving my life? So, might be like, hey, if I, I, I want that bigger house. But you know that if you buy a bigger house, then you have what? More rooms to clean, right? More things to take care of. You know, it doesn't matter how nice your house is. Eventually, the roof wears out and things go wrong. And um, Scott Biggs and I used to call this homeowner's jail. Like when you buy a, a, something, like a house, you just go into homeowner's jail, right? You're always working on the house, right? You're like, I remember back when I rented and I could just go do things right? But now on the weekends, I've never seen those, the football commercial things where the, the Sunday guy comes talks to the Saturday guy and says, what are you doing? Get off the couch and get your work done. You're not going to be able to watch football tomorrow, right? So that, that's what happens when we have that bigger thing. So you, you, whether it's a bigger house or clothes and shoes, right? You, if you buy more clothes and shoes, what do you have to do? You have to reorganize your closet, right? You have to take care of stuff all around you because sometimes like, you know, you have so many shoes in your closet that your husband can't even walk into the closet anymore because the shoes, I, I'm sorry, that was my, I shouldn't have, sh- 
My wife's back there like, I can't believe you just said that, right? No, she's got some shoes, and she likes shoes. But the, the point is, <laughs> the point is not my wife's shoe supply. The point is, if that becomes all of what you want, if you think that that's what will make you rich, having more stuff, then you'll get sidetracked. Now, there's nothing wrong with having stuff. There's nothing wrong with having things that will bless you or bless your family. There's nothing wrong with the things. There were plenty of instances when you look at all the stories of Scripture where there were men and women and God blessed them and they blessed others and they were, they were wealthy. But here's, here's the bottom line. What do you possess that actually possesses you? It's really about when your possession becomes obsession, there's a problem. When your possession becomes obsession, you have to come and ask this question, what do I possess that actually possesses me? And that is the subject of this story this morning. Now, Luke chapter 12 starts in verse 11. Um, there, let me give you a little, a little preface to this scripture passage. There's these two brothers, they're coming to Jesus, and they're asking him about a subject that's very common in their society, and that was inheritance. So their parents had died, they were inheriting the wealth. And the oldest brother was often responsible to distribute that wealth to the rest of the siblings. And he actually, the eldest brother or in the family, the eldest sibling actually got control over like that inheritance distribution and actually inherited more than anyone else. They were like the responsible party. And so these two brothers come to Jesus and they want him to decide, you know, hey, this isn't being split up right and we're fighting over it. And, you know, if you've ever had a family... Um, who, like, when someone dies and they all, like, everybody, suddenly people that used to like each other don't like each other anymore, and there's a lot that's happened in my family of origin before over inheritance. And so that's where these brothers are. And so, so, so that's where the passage picks up, and we'll start reading this morning in verse, verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And then he said to them, he said to the, to the whole crowd, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. How would you like to be the brothers? Like, you go ask him this question, and he kind of, instead of looking at you, he turns around and looks at the crowd and says, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. And you're like, uh, oh, I, I, uh-oh, I'm in trouble, right? Like, I'm about to get, a, there's something coming now. And, he, and greed, this definition of greed here, is the desire for more. That's the basic definition of the Greek word greed that's translated here, a desire for more. For more. So beware, this is what you say, be on guard against all kinds of desires for more. Because life does not consist of an abundance of possessions. And then Jesus goes on, like he, he's so good at this, he's a master of this, to tell a story. He says, He told them this parable The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns. I'll build bigger ones. I'll store up a surplus of grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take it easy. Eat. Drink. Be merry. So he says, listen, I've got this problem. My business is doing so well right now, I can't even figure out what to do. 
with everything that I'm making. Like, I'm just, I've worked hard. I have put in, and, and all this stuff has happened that's good. And I know what I'll do. I'll get a bigger savings account. I will I'll store it up so I can do an early retirement. And we're just going to kick back and take it. Look what's important to him, right? Like, what is he obsessed with? Like, hey, I want a bigger barn, a bigger place to save my stuff, a bigger place to have all the surplus grain. Why? Because here's my priorities. I want to I want to do what? I want to take it easy. Man, I've been waiting to take it easy. I've been waiting for this vacation for so long and to retire and just to take it easy. And I've been and I, I'm going to eat and I'm going to drink and I'm going to be married because that's going to bring me what? Happiness, fulfillment, inner peace. Like I've been waiting. This is the answer to my problems. Remember, Jesus is going to end this whole conversation with this one line about your treasure determines what you treasure. But the farmer's issue is what? Too much is never enough. Right? Like, man, you can't have too much. Too much is never enough. Isn't that why we, we have the most debt in ever, any country in the world? Our consumer debt is the highest of any country in the world. Why? Because too much is never enough. Isn't that what you see on every commercial you watch? Too much is never enough. And, and, if you, and you can swing the pendulum the other way. You can be somebody that's really, really frugal, right? You're like, oh, no, no, I don't have any debt. I have all savings. Look at this huge savings account that I have. Because too much is never enough. I got to feel secure. I got to have it all together. If I just had a little bit more. I just worked a little bit harder, then I'd be happy. And Jesus says, be careful, be careful, because life, it's not about the abundance of possessions. Be on your guard against the desire for more. Because possessions will always come up short. So be on your guard when possession becomes obsession. It's a red flag that should go up in your life. It's a fly that you should go up and go, whoa, 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 I am so obsessed with that, I think there's an issue. I think I think that's the answer to real joy and real peace. And so, because I'm so obsessed with that, I gotta pursue it. When obsession, when possession becomes obsession, there's an issue. You know, there's an old parable, um, uh, and it's been told. I, I looked it up and I was like, where does this parable? I remember hearing the story, and I was like, where did this come from? There's actually, it's like it's in like five different cultures. So I'm going to just tell you the one from the Pakistani version of it. It goes like this. Once upon a time, there was a monkey who noticed that there was some wheat who had fallen into a small hollow in a rock. And thrusting in his hands, he filled it with grain. But the entrance to the rock was so narrow that he was unable to withdraw his hand without relinquishing his prize. This, however, he was unwilling to do. So greedily... Desiring to have it all, he remained without any. And finally, he went away hungry. How many times in our life do we have something in our life and we, we so want it? We think it is the answer. And whether it's on the spend side or the save side, we think that's the answer and that's what will bring me security and that's what will bring me life and that's what will make me rich. And we, we, we grab a hold of it, but we... We won't release it, and we want all of it. And finally, we get it, or we get some of it, or we end up walking away still hungry. 
we fall for bait and switch, right? Like, I go get that thing, and I put myself into debt to get it, and then I find out a week or two later, man, it didn't answer any of my real questions, not the things that I really most deeply want. Jesus says life is more than just money and possessions. Some riches can't be bought. But I think in our culture, we approach it a little differently. And I want you to watch this video and see if, see if you don't resonate with some of the thinking along this video and what Jesus is really saying. Let's watch. with the dichotomy that the video sets up isn't exactly what we feel. The tension between things that we're like, oh, I just had that. We realize it's not going to last forever. But sometimes we get fooled because we're wired to want. And see, this this is why greed is sneaky. This is why Jesus is saying, be careful of the desire for more. Because if you're not careful about the desire for more, the desire for more will lead you to the wrong place because you're wired to want. You're wired to want, but what you want is not what you think you want. You're, have you ever gotten that, something that you thought you wanted only to find out that it wasn't what you wanted? Not really. It didn't really help you get to what you really most deeply wanted. Now, it's easy to think, well, that's not me. See, I don't, I don't have the wealth problem. I mean, I wish I had the wealth problem, and right in there is that sneaky greed sneaking up on you. Do, do you see it coming right up behind you? I, I wish I had that problem. 
You think, I'm not obsessed. I mean, you watch American Picker, right? You think, well, I'm not one of those, well, maybe you are. And you're, if your spouse is elbowing you right now, you might be that person that you're like, yeah, we need to have the American Picker people come and pick through our house and take some things. But if, if you're in that situation, you're like, oh, no, I'm not that bad. The question is, what is it that you possess that has the opportunity that you desire more of, that you desire to get a better thing of, and that possession could become obsession. Where is it in your life that you think, you know what? In that area, too much is never enough. That's what God, that's what Jesus is warning us about. Listen, your treasures determine what you treasure. Your treasures determine the direction of your life. The things that you have and you possess and you guard and protect start to direct where your life is going to go. And so we come back to this question, what really matters? What really matters? And it brings us to the next question from what do I possess that possesses me to how can I be rich, get rich towards God? Because this is Jesus' answer. He said, listen, you're wired for want. Just be careful not to want the wrong stuff. Try, don't fill that hole in your life, that void in your life with possessions because life is more than just money and possessions. See, the brother that came to Jesus originally with the question he was infected with greed. He was infected with the too much is not enough. It was never enough. And so Jesus starts the story and says, be on your guard about the desire for more. And the story is really about how do I keep myself from being possessed by my possessions? How do I be on guard about this obsession with possession? And Jesus' answer, his point to the story is found in the end of the story, starting in verse 20. When he says, okay, so there's this rich man, right? Remember the rich man? He's got a great supply of wealth. He builds bigger barns. He's going to hold his crops. He has got it made in the shade. I mean, this is the guy who we think of when we say, who do you think is rich? Well, it's that guy. That's the guy that's rich, man. He has it made. He retired at age 40. He is financially secure. That He has all the answers. This is what life is about. And in verse 20, the parable picks up. And it says, but God said to this man, you fool, the very night your life, this very night, your life will be demanded of you. You fool, this very night, your life will be demanded of you. I mean, I, when I read that first, I thought, I wonder what he did with the rest of his night after that. <laughs> like, yikes. Uh-oh. Right? Like, this is like, you know, man. He says, then who will get what you prepared for yourself. You have all these riches, but who will get what you prepared for yourself? And this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves. And here it is. But is not rich towards God. And Jesus tells us more and he says, listen, getting rich here, but being empty-handed in heaven ain't rich at all. Getting rich here but being empty-handed in heaven ain't rich at all. So be careful to go, what's going to last? What really matters? So in an effort to go, what really matters, I thought it might be good for us to make a list, right? Because what Jesus is really saying here is, right, what? He's saying, okay, we want to get rich with what's, what lasts, what really matters. So really what Jesus is saying is, okay, you can't take it with you. So here's forever, and here's can't take it alone, okay? Because the rich man's philosophy was what? 
get lots of stuff, right, and don't die. And the problem was the don't die in part was a little troublesome. And when he did, when it was demanded of him, it was like, oh, what really mattered? So, so let's just make a list really quick. What's forever and what can't you take along? Go ahead, shout it out. Vinyl records. I don't think I can spell vinyl records. Am I, am I even close? Did I? Good. Sometimes I just put a little red line underneath these things just to let you know. I, I know I misspelled them and I'm not even trying. What, what else? A new car, right. A new car. Now I feel like we're on a, let's make a deal. A new car! Shoes! Thank you. It's fantastic. You have, you have been blessed, my daughter. I'm a wife. Yeah. All right. So shoes, what else? Money. All right. Can't take along cash. Tools. All right. That's close to home, isn't it, George? <laughs> Vacation home. Right on. But over here, what's forever? Love. Love. Relationship, right? Okay. Salvation. All right. Which is really about, right, relationship with Jesus. What's that? Tax. <laughs> Taxes. I'm not sure they're forever, brother. I think that's just one of the things that you have to do, like along with dying. That's good. What else you got on the forever list? Faith. Right. Forever. You see, this is the stuff right here that Jesus said, this is what it means to be rich. Because if it won't last and it's temporary, you ain't rich. That's not really rich. Now, does, now, here's the thing. Now, think about the story. Is there anywhere in this story that Jesus condemns wealth? Say, you shouldn't be, you should actually take a vow of poverty. Is there anywhere in the story that he actually says you should take a vow of poverty? What's the real problem? Yeah, right? It's the, it's the be careful to, to desire for more. And so if you have this stuff, can't this stuff sometimes translate into some of these things? I mean, if you have a vacation home, let's say, like a really nice vacation home, and you tell your pastor, I would love for you to visit that vacation home. <laughs> yeah, gosh, I think that's translates. That's definitely over here in the forever column, man. <laughs> no, but you, you get, right? Like, if you have enough cars, and when someone is in need of an extra car, you're like, you know what, just borrow ours for a little bit. You know, or, or you, got, you got those vinyl records and you're sitting with your family, your kids, you'd be like, oh, I love this song. Let's listen. Let's put it on the vinyl. And they're like, what is that thing, right? And you get to have an old education about your music and how, and how it used to you know, play it on this thing. You get the old play. I mean, there are ways that these things translate, but you see, these are the forever things. And what Jesus is really saying is, be careful about what's forever. 
Because possessions and money come up short. And if you're obsessed with this side, it will last forever. That's what Jesus is saying. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. You are wired to want. You are wired to be obsessed. But the question is not obsessed with what? The question is obsessed with who? I want you to be obsessed with Jesus. Obsessed with God. Changed by Him forever. And anything else is short-sighted. So how do we get rich towards God? Well, one of the, one of the ways that... Uh, John Ortberg describes it. This is actually one of the resources for the series. It's called uh, When the Game is Over, It All Goes Back in the Box. It's a great read. And uh, he says in his first chapter on this, which is about being rich towards God, he says, being rich towards God means following, growing a soul that is increasingly healthy and good, loving and enjoying people that are in your life, learning about your gifts and your passions and putting them at work in the world to show God's love to others. Becoming generous with what you own. Making, making sure that that which is temporary becomes a servant of that which is eternal. Isn't that good? That which is temporary, making it a servant to that which is eternal. And savoring every time, everything that goes on in your life, every moment that you have, that'll last forever. Jesus says, don't be fooled by all of this stuff. Being rich towards God. You're not rich towards God. You're not rich at all. Your possessions were meant, God gave you this as a gift for spiritual enrichment. For you to actually enjoy them and use them for something eternal. So when we bless others with what we have. When we we use what we have to build relationship, to help people come to Jesus, to build the kingdom, to invest into what really will last forever. Jesus says, you want to be rich? That's what it means to be rich. Because if your wealth is about enriching you, you'll go into heaven empty-handed. You'll live your life empty-handed. But if it's about blessing others, if it's about God's kingdom, God will provide what you need. And in fact, if you read the rest of this chapter, and I I encourage you to read the rest of this chapter, because Jesus goes on to a lengthy time of explaining that God takes care of anyone that he loves. In fact, he takes care of all of his creation. He says, flowers, they don't worry about growing. Birds, they don't worry about eating. Why do you worry so much about all the possessions? don't, Don't worry about that. And he ends up with this one verse. in Luke chapter 12, verse 34. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. Whatever you cherish, whatever you protect, whatever you treasure, your heart will follow that. Your heart will be in the same place. It will become the focus of your energy and your time and your efforts. And Jesus says, listen, your heart follows your possessions. So if that's true, what Jesus is really saying is, Be careful that your possessions lead you to forever. Careful that what you have, what you're spending, and what you're giving, and what you're saving is leading to something eternal because that's how you discover what it means to be truly rich. I think one of the best ways that I've discovered this is to understand that God owns it all. That a long time ago, I learned this lesson. You know, Ortberg tells a story in his book that was really intriguing to me 
And um, I thought about it. I was actually reflecting on my own life in the same way. And um, so let me just tell you how my story could have turned out. When I was in high school, uh, I picked my career based on what I thought my talents could be that could make me the most money and have the most mobility, upward mobility. That's, that's how I picked what I wanted to do. And so I went to school for that. Um, I was driven my whole life. I've shared with you guys before that I was definitely, I knew how to be on the performance treadmill. I knew how to work hard to prove myself to others. I, when I still remember in college, like working hard and buying a car and pouring money into the car, so the car, now, you know, it wasn't like I bought a BMW, but, I, but because of who I am, you know, I bought, I bought a car that I could fix up, and it was, it had the biggest engine it could, you know, and it wasn't one of these little cars that sound like a lawnmower when you rev it up, right? Like, it had glass packs on it and an engine that could back it up, and the whole thing shook when you revved it up, and I poured money into that to look good, and it was a T-top, and I, you know, it was, I was cool school, man. I was, I was there, right? And it was all about that. And that was, that was the trajectory of my life. And if I had continued on that trajectory, I, I'd have got, graduated from college. I'd have probably never met my wife. I'd have been all about working hard and proving myself. And, and I'd have gone upward mobility. And I would, have, I would have found success because I was driven to find it. And I would have spent my days. I'd have, I'd have learned, you know, 40-hour weeks good, so probably an 80-hour weeks better, right? Like, let's do it twice in a week. I had to spend all of my time and energy doing that so I could achieve and so I could have. And if I was married, I'm sure I would have ignored my children and my wife. And you know how I know that? Because even when, I, when we launched Daybreak, I found myself falling into that same pit because God hadn't set me free from that yet. So I know like, this, is, this is down deep, right? This is rooted deep, and God's been freeing me from it for a long time. That had been my life until the day that God said, this night, your life's demanded And I wonder what people would have said at my funeral. Ah, that guy was a hard worker. Look how he, he accomplished all those things. And then an angel probably would have come to my nice, big memorial stone in the graveyard. And with his finger, he probably would have scribed on the ground just one word. It's not my story because in college, that car that I had put so much, I was obsessed with, it was something I possessed that possessed me. I totaled it. And in that moment, I still remember that moment. You know, if, if you've ever been in a car accident where that moment you realize that you are out of control and that you might not even live. You ever had one of those moments in your life? I remember skidding towards a big dump truck. Head on, thinking, this is it. And what I learned is that God at any moment can say, you fool, this night your life's demanded of you. And that moment made me realize how short life is. And that all that I had, even at that point in my life, really didn't mean anything, and I couldn't even really keep it. I couldn't even really control that. It set me on a new trajectory. Say, I will never be possessed by what I possess again. I will never have possession become obsession again. Because I would trade all of it for just a moment with Jesus. So that's what I've done with my life. It's not that I don't have anything. It's not that our family doesn't have anything. It's just I'm always asking this question before I buy, before I want, 
why do I want it? Right? Am I obsessed with getting it because I think it's going to give me something that only God can give me? Because I want to chase Him. What I'm telling you this morning is I don't know what it is in your life that you go, I want that. And if God asks you tomorrow, like, will you give that up? You would go, I don't think so. Why don't you take something else? Like, if you would have that discussion with God, like, ah, no, 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 not that. I'll give you something else. If that's the discussion you have with God, then I would caution you. I would say, Jesus is cautioning you. Say, be careful of the desire more. Be careful that possession doesn't become obsession. Be careful that what you possess doesn't possess you. Because if you want to be rich, be rich towards God. If you want to be rich, be rich towards God. You know down deep that this is true. You know that that new gadget that you just bought is just a distraction. It's just a distraction for the emptiness that you feel. You know that that new car that you want so badly, it's just an illusion of acceptance that you really long for. You know that that nicer house will never really be the solution to the loneliness that you feel. You know it. I think you already do. And if you don't, go test it out. Go test it out. I dare you. Go test it out. Because you're going to discover that God is the only one who can fill your soul. He's the only one who can truly satisfy you. And that you have been wired to want Him. All that really matters is that you find your joy and fulfillment and peace and goodness and happiness and freedom. And Jesus wants that. And by Jesus' standards, that's rich. That's what it means to be rich. So, will you listen to Jesus' challenge today? Will you say, okay, what is it in my life, God, that's possessed me? What is it that I, I put my hope and my security in that I need to hold more loosely and say, God, it's, it's yours? What is it that you've been preoccupied with? You know, the word obsession actually means to become preoccupied with all the time. What is it that is preoccupying your thoughts today? That you, that you want to say, I'd rather be preoccupied with God. I'd rather be obsessed and preoccupied all the time with man than building this relationship with God. I have this forever stuff settled in my heart. I know for certain where my destination is because I've trusted Jesus. And I said there is no other way to be rich but to trust Jesus and to let him transform my life. Because that's what God's offered. That's why Jesus came. To bridge the gap relationally with God. There was a big gap in your life, right? You can't get there. No matter how good you are, you will never be a good enough person to be accepted by God because you've got to be perfect. So Jesus came and he said, you know what I'm going to do about that? I'm going to die on the cross. I'm going to have all the sins laid on me so that you could be free, so that you could actually have the forever stuff. And so Jesus is offering it to you again today. Don't forget what's forever. So I want to want you to be want you to think about what is it that you need, what is it that's what is it that you really want, what is it that you need to redirect your life towards God? That's it's the barrier, it's the thing that's preoccupying you, that's keeping you from being directed towards God. Because Jesus wants to give you something more, He wants to get, make you rich. So let's let's take a second and pray. Lord, 
We've chased a lot of things in our lives, but Jesus, you're the only one who can satisfy. Only when we come running back to God do we find true fulfillment. Possessions always come up short. Careers don't last. In the end, financial security is iffy at best, but Jesus, you promised to bring us life. You promised to get us, we could be rich with what really matters. So Jesus, I pray this morning that you would pry our fingers loose on whatever it is that is keeping us from that. I pray that you would open our hearts, that we might treasure what's really important in our life. And if there's anyone here that they've never really made that transition to say, I want to trust Jesus fully and wholly. I've been long and I've been trying to get Jesus in a lot of different ways, trying to be fulfilled and get rich in a lot of different ways. But today, I need to get rich with God. I need to bridge the gap. Then all you got to say this morning is the same thing that many of us have already said too. Just forgive me for my past. Lead me to a better future. I surrender my life to you. All I really want is you, God. And thank you for helping me be rich with what really matters. Amen. This morning, uh, I want to encourage you to get out your response card. And I want, I want you to consider this morning, what's God asking of you? And maybe ask this question of you that, yourself this week. What do I own that is distracting me from a richer and fuller relationship with God? What do I want that's been keeping me from that rich and full relationship with God? And just surrender that to Him this morning. Write it down as a prayer request. I'd love to pray for you this morning. We all have those things in our lives. And God desires to set us free and to make us rich. So will you consider that over the next few minutes and then join the worship team as we sing.
stand and join us in this last song.